auto dealers. Are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Welcome to Daily Drive for July 29th, 2022. I'm your host, Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, the details in that EV tax credit deal in Congress could rile some automakers. The biggest Asian and North American suppliers report tough quarters. And GM is getting into the green bonds business as it tries to challenge Tesla. Plus, a look at how parts departments are managing supply chain issues. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. The U.S. Senate deal reached this week to extend EV tax credits sounds like a big win for the auto industry, but it comes with a number of strings attached. The credit is available only for pickups and SUVs priced at $80,000 or less and for sedans that cost $55,000 or less. That rules out many high-end pickups and large cars, such as Tesla's Model S or the Lucid Air. In addition, vehicles must all be assembled in North America, which would rule out current Hyundai and Kia EV models, as well as Toyota's lone EV. In addition, the legislation adds increasingly stringent sourcing requirements for critical minerals and battery components. By 2024, 50% of critical minerals must come from the U.S. or countries it has a free trade agreement with, such as Canada, Mexico, Australia. That provision is meant to reduce reliance on China. The mineral minimums rise to 80% after 2026, while 100% of battery components must be made in North America by 2029. Mazda North America spokesman Daniel Ryan says the automaker is concerned that these provisions will be, quote, very difficult to meet in the timelines required. Toyota supplier Denso expects a 10% shortfall for each quarter from the second quarter onward. It lowered its operating profit forecast for the current business year by 14%, expecting automakers to undershoot production plans. The company reported a 41% slump in first quarter profit. It was hurt by automakers' production cuts and by high cost of commodities and logistics. Denso is the world's second largest auto supplier and the largest in Asia. The biggest supplier in North America is also having a tough time financially. Magna International reported a $156 million net loss in the second quarter. The Canadian auto supplier grappled with higher commodity prices, energy costs, and the impact of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The loss comes despite a 3.6% year-over-year gain in sales to over $9 billion. It's been a week of shrugs and head scratches for those of us covering the UAW convention in Detroit. At the very least, we thought we'd have a speech from UAW President Ray Curry to talk about. But no, in a break from tradition, Curry did not deliver a State of the Union speech at the organization's 38th Constitutional Convention, which wrapped up yesterday. Event organizers originally planned for Curry's speech to cap off the convention's first day on Monday, then it was delayed three times and ultimately canceled. The four-day confab grew chippy earlier Thursday when delegates held up proceedings for about 90 minutes. It was a form of protest over what some members believed were unfair and unnecessary debates on resolutions from earlier in the week. 
In the end, seven people were nominated for president, including Curry. Two, however, are retirees and therefore not eligible for the ballot. Convention delegates voted to increase the union strike pay to $500 per week and implement that pay beginning on the first day of a potential strike instead of the eighth day. But then they voted to reverse course the next day. Come back on Monday for more about this year's UAW convention. We'll have a conversation with automotive news reporter Michael Martinez, who's been covering the convention for our upcoming print edition and on autonews.com. And General Motors is selling so-called green bonds for the first time ever. It joins its competitors in tapping the sustainable debt market to fund the transition to EVs so it can compete with Tesla, the EV market leader. The automaker priced two and a quarter billion dollars of green bonds in two parts. That's according to a person with knowledge of the matter. The longest portion of the offering is a 10-year security. Sources say it yields less than three percentage points more than comparable treasuries. According to data compiled by Bloomberg, it's the second largest green deal from a U.S. corporation outside of the financial sector. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, yesterday we were talking about the revived EV tax credits in the Senate as a big win. Today, we've got more details that not all automakers are happy about. What's the issue? A whole variety of issues. You know, the devil's in the details. The details are going to rule out a lot of the EVs that are popular today. The expensive cars like a Hummer EV, a pickup or a Ford M150 Lightning, at least the high-end versions of those, the imported Porsche Taycan or a, even the Hyundai Ioniq 5, right? Those could all be excluded. It's going to be very challenging to work through. And then, of course, there's also the sourcing issues that get uh, more challenging, but perhaps will make the industry a little more sustainable, a little less uh, less shipping uh, dependent and less dependent on on getting materials from China. Of course, sourcing parts isn't just an issue for EV makers. It's the biggest problem for everyone in the auto industry, and that includes service departments. Coming up, we'll hear from a consultant about how parts departments should prepare for more economic slowdowns and supply problems. That's next on Daily Drive. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online. eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory, sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. 
Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. The supply chain issues that plagued dealership parts departments during the pandemic have eased somewhat in 2022. Now the concern is how a possible recession could affect parts supply for automotive and collision repair. Senior editor Dan Shine spoke with Kaylee Filio of Parts Edge about tips on getting a parts department ready for any potential economic slowdown. Here's their conversation. Kaylee, thanks for joining me on the Friday Fixed Ops edition of Daily Drive. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to, to talk to you. So I know you you live in the parts world. Tell me, you know, the last couple of years have been really bad for, you know, parts supplies and supply chain issues. And you, know, you hear these kind of horror stories of backlogs on parts, certain parts, especially service departments and body shops. What is the kind of situation on the ground these days? Is it, is it improved in the last couple of years? You know, I think they're still dealing with it. I have heard that it's improved a little bit. But I also think that parts managers have just adapted and it's like the new norm. When I talk to, you know, fixed ops folks, parts managers, they say, and I say, well, it sounds like it's really bad. And there's like really a bad press shortage. And they say, well, it's not so bad. But then I'll hear horror stories from consumers saying, oh, I've had to wait, you know, three weeks before my car can get fixed or my you know, car's in the body shop and it's going to be a month before they can can fix it. Are, are you hearing some stories too? Or is it, is it again, the odd one-off on, on parts shortages. And for the most part, dealerships have what they need to fix cars. I, you know, we get those horror stories too. Um, and, you know, we hear more from consumers because they're sometimes a little less understanding because they don't quite understand all of the, the work that it takes to make sure the right parts are being stocked. But overall, I think that the um, parts managers and the dealerships are doing the best that they can. And I don't think it's as bad, but I think it depends on the areas too. If you're in a more rural area, I think that those dealerships are struggling a little bit more than the ones that are in the, the metros and the busier areas because they're closer to the depots and everything. I think that's maybe what's happening is we're hearing it all over and, you know, it just depends on the area. Yeah. And so now we're kind of, you know, things are returned a little bit back to normal, you know, as far as the pandemic goes, but now we're kind of facing some, you know, potential recession, you know, people mm-hmm. talk about that. Uh, how can parts managers kind of recession proof their parts department if, if the kind of situation gets worse economically? So I think that they can, you know, stay, stay on top of what they're stocking. I really think that what the recession is going to do or what, you know, it's hard to say what the future holds. I really believe that parts and service is going to carry the dealership through through the recession because I really think that people are holding on to their vehicles longer and trying to just maintain them instead of buying new. I think there's some stats out there that are that are prove that that people are holding on to their vehicles longer. I think that's what's going to carry the dealerships through the recession, especially you know if, if that's happening or when that happens. People are definitely going to be holding onto their vehicles and needing to repair them. Yeah, I think like the average age of the vehicle on road now is just surpassed maybe 12 years, I want to say. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I think, like you said, uh, during the you know, 08, 09 recession, during you know pandemic, that you know parts of service really kind of carried dealerships when sales kind of plummeted. And it's very possible that they could uh, do it again. I want to shift gears a little bit. Uh, the upcoming uh, August uh, Fix Ops Journal is uh, kind of cover stories about women in service and, and how to get more women hired into job service advisors, parts managers, service managers. Tell me a little bit about your story and how you got into automotive and uh, you know, kind of what it's been like for you. 
well, my story is a little unique. I didn't go looking to work in the auto industry. So I, I was managing a subway restaurant and the owners of Parts Edge uh, were my regular customers. So they um, offered me a role to make a long story short. I took the position in operations. So I really got to learn what we do for parts managers and in, in that aspect. And then, you know, I left and did some other things. So I was, I was pretty young. I was probably about 20. And then I came back when there was an opportunity to come back in the sales and marketing role with Parts Edge. So um, they always say when when you get in, you you always if you try to leave, you always end up coming back. You know, the experience was, you know, when I first started and especially with sales, it was it was it was really hard. I ran into a lot of people that didn't really believe what I was saying. And, you know, that might have been because of the lack of confidence I had and, and I had to build. But, you know, I still run into it sometimes where I say something and then, you know, the owner of the company says the exact same thing and, and then they believe what he says. So, you know, I think the auto industry has come a long way as far as just having a little bit more respect for women and, and our knowledge and what we're capable of. But, you know, I think still a long way to go with that. So, yeah. And are there certain other some groups out there? Are there groups that you kind of turn to? I know you're very active on social media and on LinkedIn, especially I see you a lot. Are there places that you go, groups that you turn to with other women in the industry to kind of share stories, to share tips, advice, you know, that you kind of like would be a good a good resource for other women? So I don't know if there's, I mean, there's the women in automotive groups and stuff like that, but I don't, I'm not part of any um, specific groups online, but there's a few people like Lori Halter, you know, I've connected with and has helped me, you know, encouraged me. There's, uh, gosh, you know, there's so many people. I I don't want to forget any names. Evelyn has been a huge help with encouraging me and just getting more active on LinkedIn. I think that's the biggest thing that has helped me is just sharing my voice on social media and building that confidence that, you know, what I have to say matters and what other people have to say matters. And it's important to get out there and, and talk about what you're experiencing and, you know, real life stuff. <laughs> Right. I mean, I know you right, You talk a lot about you know, your family and, and raising a family while also working. And so I think it's right. It, it, it helps kind of bond you with other folks. And, and I think other customers, potential customers, see you in a more human way than if you're just kind of dropped, you know, cold call them, you know, you know trying to help them or, you know, sell them something. Uh, yes. what, what kind of advice would you give for women who are interested in getting in the industry as far as like paths or advice to kind of navigate this very male dominated world. Yeah, I would say to not to be afraid and to, um, you know, try new things because there's so many opportunities within the auto industry that it's, you know, there's not just one path. There's like hundreds of paths that you can take and to not be afraid to try and share what you, you know, ideas or things that you'd like to to see happen. And if you run into situations where, you know, you're not being heard, change it, you know, don't just sit there and, you know, be unhappy. And there's so many people out there that can, that support us as women in the automotive industry. So yeah, I would say that just don't be afraid and to do it because there's so many opportunities with it. Um, yeah. It's endless. So Fix Journal Forum registration is opened. Uh, we're going to be doing this in September, all virtual event. Kaylee's going to be on one of our panels about parts uh, coming up in September. So if you uh, haven't registered yet, please go register. You'll see my ugly mug every week, but you see a lovely face like uh, Kaylee's there. Uh, when we talk about parts, 
second or third week. So uh, please register. And Kaylee, thanks so much for your time today. And I uh, look forward to our conversation in September for the Fixed Ops Journal Forum. Thank you so much. Kaylee Filio is the sales and marketing manager for Parts Edge. She spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on fixed ops, federal EV tax credits, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. As we mentioned earlier, we'll talk with Automotive News reporter Michael Martinez on Monday about this week's UAW convention. Make sure to come back for that. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 